Good to see you all. I was told we didn't have a PowerPoint projector working this morning, so uh, we won't have any pictures or scripture up there, so we'll just do this old style. Um, <clears throat> we've just finished a series on the Twelve Apostles, and I was asked to uh, preach on the Apostle Paul, his conversion, <clears throat> this morning. There were uh, many in the early church that didn't consider Paul to be an apostle, uh, that he wrote to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 9 and 1, Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Christ Jesus the Lord? Are you not my work in the Lord? Am I not? A, if I am not an apostle to others, I doubtless am to you. For you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. So Paul believed he was an apostle and the church now considers him one. We're going to talk about his conversion, how he was converted to Christianity, the story. It's, that's one of the most faith-building stories I think there is in the New Testament. Uh, because God, <clears throat> in the conversion of, of Paul, he demonstrated his infinite power when he took what was perhaps the greatest enemy of the early church and caused him to turn completely around and turned him into perhaps one of the greatest evangelists this church has ever known. And God did this in one day. It's an amazing story. And it, it caused many people to believe in Jesus, the conversion of Paul did. This man's name was Saul, <clears throat> and he was born about five years after Jesus was born. So he's about five years younger than Jesus. He was born in a Roman city called Tarsus, which was in what is present-day Turkey. And he was born to Jewish parents, so he was a Jew. However, he was given Roman citizenship when he was born, and this was a very coveted thing to have Roman citizenship at the day. It, it allowed, it gave him a lot of perks. And uh, he, he was very blessed in that. However, his parents, when he was five years old, moved to Jerusalem. And so that's where he grew up. And when he was a teenager, he began uh, studying the Hebrew scripture under the tutelage of a very famous uh, Jewish scholar and rabbi named Gam Gamaliel. Gamaliel was uh, very famous, and he taught uh, Saul the Hebrew scriptures. And he uh, he was uh, he was well known. Gamaliel was and very well respected. In Acts chapter five, we read about how. James and John, or rather, uh, it wasn't James and John, it was Peter and John. Peter and John were brought to trial for preaching Jesus. They were condemned for preaching Jesus. The high priest condemned them, and they had this big trial. And in the trial, they, they ordered them to stop preaching Jesus. And uh, Peter, Peter made them really mad. He infuriated uh, the high priest in the court, when he said, we ought to obey God rather than men. 
And uh, they were about to kill him. They wanted him dead. And uh, Gamaliel stepped up, and he went forward, and he, he uh, was so well-respected. He said, he, said uh, he reasoned with them that if these men were not from God, if what they're preaching is not from God, then it will come from, to nothing, as it always has in the past. But if they are from God, do you really want to be fighting against God? And he was so highly esteemed that they stopped the proceedings and they let Peter and, and John go. <clears throat> this was the person, uh, Gamaliel, that, that was the tutor and mentor of Saul. And he was a Pharisee and he taught him very strict, the strictness of the law of Moses and the history of of the Jewish law and the Jewish people in the Old Testament that we read about. And he knew that very well. And uh, Saul's education and his credentials, being a student of Gamaliel, gave him access to the synagogues. And wherever he traveled in the synagogues, he could preach. He could go into a synagogue anywhere and, and preach there because of the status that he had. And so Saul, in all this preaching... Uh, became to get famous himself. And he became well-known amongst the Jewish people and the leaders and very well-respected. And although Gamaliel was able to impart to him great knowledge of Jewish history and the law of Moses, wisdom is a thing that's harder to teach. And unfortunately, Saul uh, came to believe that the Christians, this Christian sect that rose up, was very dangerous to the Jewish people, to the Jewish faith. And he disagreed with his mentor that they should just be left alone. He uh, agreed with most of the other Jewish leaders that this dangerous teaching was a threat to the Jewish religion, the Jewish faith. And he saw people were being converted to it by the hundreds and the thousands. And he believed what Christians were teaching was blasphemy against God. He believed that Christians was teaching against everything that God taught them as Jews that God's law was no longer in effect. The Christians were teaching God's law was not in effect anymore. And that a man from Nazareth was also God. And to these people that was blasphemy. And he believed that it had to be stopped. As he watched old friends and family leaving the Jewish temple and following this new way. He said, I've got to do something to stop this. And so he went against his old teacher and mentor who just wanted to leave them alone and said, no, I have to stop it. I have to do everything I can to stop this 
from spreading. And so, along with other like-minded Jews, Saul began gathering information on these Christians. And he would find out their names and where they lived and what they believed, what they taught. And he would send people in to try to, to convince them if they did to renounce that, to, to renounce their Christianity. And if they didn't, he would go in with people and he would round them up and bind them and take them back to Jerusalem and to stand trial for blasphemy. And the penalty for that was death. <clears throat> and the Roman government was very corrupt at the time. They pretty much generally looked the other way or were easily bribed. So they killed a lot of Christians. Acts 6 tells how uh, some of the Jews got people to lie about the evangelist Stephen. And they, they, they got him to this, roped him into this trial with lies and convinced the, the Jews that he was blaspheming and they sentenced him to death. And the Bible says how Saul was there and witnessed and approved, guarded the clothes of the people, watched as they stoned Stephen to death. And after this, the church got pretty scared, and it scattered. The disciples and the church members, they scattered around out throughout the land. But Saul kept out, kept hounding them, kept pursuing the church. And uh, he hunted these Christians down from town to town, and he watched. He watched them take women. He heard them scream as they would take their children. And the children would be crying, and he watched as they would rip them away and haul them off to be executed. These innocent brethren. And Saul did this over and over again. And he did it all with a completely clear conscience, believing, truly believing that he was doing the will of God. Well, then he gets word that Christianity has spread to Damascus. Damascus was way north of Jerusalem, quite a ways. But it was a very important city to the Jews. It was where uh, these three major roads came in and converged. And so a lot of outside people from around the world would come to Damascus. It was a very center hub of commerce. And... If Christianity spread in Damascus, there was a lot of people that would be exposed to it. People from all over the world would come. And they would, if they were coming from the north, they would come through there before they got to Jerusalem. And they would hear about Christianity. It was spread even further. So this was serious to Saul. And <clears throat> so Saul goes to the high priest and he gets the high priest to write letters giving him authority to arrest anyone in Damascus that were Christians. And so he, he took some men with him and he headed off to Damascus. And it was a long journey. 
And right before they got to this city, all of a sudden, this great, bright, intense light surrounded Saul. But the men that were with him saw nothing. They didn't see this light. Only Saul saw this light. But it was so incredibly intense that Saul hit the ground with his face covered because he couldn't see anything. It was so bright. And so the men that were with him just saw Saul as they're walking along suddenly hit the ground in seemingly pain with this bright, holding his eyes. And, <clears throat> but then everyone, Saul and the men with him, heard this voice. This loud voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul replied, who are you, Lord? And Jesus said, I am Jesus, who you are persecuting. And at that moment, Saul's entire worldview just came crashing down upon him. As he, in the middle of this intense light, realized what he had been doing and the truth of who this was. And then Jesus emphasized it even more by saying, it is hard for you to kick against the goads. What are goads? Well, if you've ever moved cattle... You've probably used one and called it a stick. Because cattles aren't, aren't very smart. They use it for ox and big animals. They're not the smartest of beasts. And sometimes they don't go where you want them to go. So you would take this stick that's got a really sharp end on it, a pointy stick so they can feel it, and you'd goad them. You, if they were going over here, you'd goad them so they would go over here. And sometimes this would greatly annoy the animals. And so the, they'll, they'll kick back at it. And they will hit the pointy end with their leg. And that would really hurt and they would run off, you know. And Jesus, Jesus said, it is hard for you to kick against the goad. You've been spending all of this energy and time kicking and fighting against God and you're only hurting yourself. The Bible says Saul was trembling when he said these words, Lord, what do you want me to do? This humbled broken man pleaded with the Lord what can I do now just tell me what to do if you were a Christian living back at this time 
you would probably think Saul of Tarsus was an evil monster that deserved what he got. He deserved death. See, the Lord can see hearts. And he saw in his heart. He wanted to obey God. We can't see that. God did. And so Jesus gives him that chance. He tells him to stand up and go on to Damascus and you'll be told what you must do. So the bright light went away. And when it did, when the light of Jesus left, Saul realized he was completely blind. He couldn't see anything. And so the men that were with him took him by the hand and guided him on into the city of Damascus. And he went into the house of a man named Judas and he stayed in this house. And he sat there refusing to eat or drink anything as he prayed for three days. And in this city of Damascus, there was a righteous man named Ananias. And God, Jesus, appeared to Ananias in a vision and said, Ananias. And Ananias said, what is it, Lord? And Jesus said, told him that uh, he wanted him to go to the house of Judas, which is down the street, and I want you to, to, to go to this man named Saul of Tarsus, for he is staying there praying, and I have given him a vision of a man named Ananias coming into him and laying hands on him so he can receive his sight again. <clears throat> and Ananias was like Saul of Tarsus? What? And he said, Lord, I have heard from many about this man. All the saints that he has persecuted in Jerusalem. And now I hear he's come here with orders from the high priest to bind anyone that calls on your name. And Jesus said, Go. For he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. <clears throat> so Ananias gets up and leaves and goes to the house of Judas. And he finds Saul there praying, just like the Lord says. And he reaches down and he puts his hands on Saul. And he says, Brother Saul, this is Acts chapter 9 and verse 17. It says, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately, it says, there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he was able to see. And he arose and was baptized. 
As soon as Saul was able to see again, the first thing he did was be baptized. But Jesus didn't say, he who believes and fasts and prays for three days will be saved. Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. That's what he did. Ananias trusted the Lord that he could even forgive Saul of Tarsus, or Brother Saul, as he now called him. Next, you know, if he will forgive Saul of Tarsus, he'll forgive you. He will forgive you. If you are born again like Brother Saul, it doesn't matter what you've done. Acts 13 says Saul's name was changed to Paul. It was very hard for the Christians to trust this man. It was hard for them to come to trust Paul. After spending time with the Christians of Damascus, he started traveling all around to the different synagogues, preaching Jesus Christ as the Son of God. Paul made powerful enemies in the Jewish leaders. He made a lot of enemies amongst the Jews when he was converted to Christianity. But he made a friend, an awesome friend in Jesus Christ, the Almighty God. That seems like such an easy choice, doesn't it? For us, looking back on history, that's a no-brainer. So why is it hard for us to sometimes choose Jesus instead of other things, our selfish desires and wants and things? Why is that so hard? The Jews would try to have Paul killed many times. They would throw him in prison over and over again. But the Lord told him not to be afraid because he had a plan for Paul. He had things he wanted Paul to do, so don't worry about that. And with all the zealousness that Paul used to persecute the church, he took that same zeal and used it to preach Jesus, to go everywhere and preach to people about Jesus, the gospel, and how they need to be saved. He was very bold, but he never was completely able to forget what he had done to the church. And he would talk about this often in his letters. But it kept him humble. And Paul admitted that he needed to be kept humble, as do we all. And I'm sure he would sometimes see in his mind the faces of those women and the children, the, the men that he murdered, the innocent Christians that he killed. 
But he pressed on. In Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13, he wrote to the church in Philippi, Brethren, I do not count myself to apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal of the prize of the utmost call of God in Christ Jesus. You can't change what you've done in the past. But you can press on. You can determine that you will focus on Jesus today and every day going forward. And when you fall down, you can get up and do what Jesus tells you to do. That's what Paul did. Just get up. Keep going. Going toward Jesus. Follow Him. Be like Paul and live every day for the one who gave you life, the one who saved you, the one who's giving you eternal life. Live for Him. That's what Paul did. The story of Paul's conversion was a huge inspiration for the early church. If someone like Saul of Tarsus could suddenly turn completely around and confess that Jesus is Christ, was evidence to many that it had to be true. Now, Paul didn't try to hide his past from people. Paul told this story over and over and over again to anybody who would listen hoping that it would increase their faith. And I hope it has increased your faith this morning. If you need to make a change in your life today, now's the time to do it. If you need to be baptized, we can do that too. If you have any requests spiritually, please come forward now as we stand and sing.